0: Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest.
1: Please leave your Bibles open there at Psalm 95. Uh, Before we begin our time in God's word, it's always good to pray to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. So let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would guide us now as we hear from your word. Uh, We pray that you would, as Greg was saying, soften our hearts. May your word work in our hearts this morning, make our hearts soft. May we remember how much we've been forgiven through Christ Jesus. May you work through us this morning uh, so that as we go out from here and go into the coming week, uh, your spirit might continue to work through us and shine the light for Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, as the story goes, there was once a city slicker who uh, had come out to the country to visit some family friends who lived on a farm. And while they were visiting the farm, well, the farmer and his wife uh, took the city slicker for a run down the paddock. And uh, as they were moving some sheep from one paddock into the other paddock. The farmer was using his trusty old sheep dog to do the job. Uh, the dog would lead the sheep through each gate as, as they needed to and into the next paddock. And once they were through the gate they needed to go, then the farmer would whistle. The dog would jump up, push the gate shut and put its paw up and latch the gate closed. When the city seeker saw this, he said, wow, that is some dog. What's her name? The forgetful farmer thought for a minute, but when nothing came to him, he turned to the city slicker and said, what do you call that red flower that has thorns on its stem and smells really good? The city slicker replied, I think you mean a rose. Oh, that's it, said the farmer, as he turned to his wife and said, hey, Rose, what's the name of that dog? Now, I'm not really good at remembering names. That's probably no surprise to any of you, particularly if it's somebody that I've only met in passing. But as bad as I am at remembering names, I cannot imagine an instance when I would forget the name of my wife or my dog. But that doesn't stop me from being just as forgetful as every other believer in Christ every other believer who's gone before me and who will come after me we all live busy lives if we aren't busy on the farm or with businesses we're busy with children and grandchildren with all sorts of projects and hobbies and as we go from thing to thing it can easily we can easily find ourselves putting god to one side maybe not consciously at first but slowly and surely God gets, put into the, gets pushed into the background as our activity increases until it's not too long before spending time with God, praying and reading his word feels more like a job than something that we want to do. It's easy to get caught up in the busyness of our lives and to lose sight of God's faithfulness to those who love him. Even in this extremely unusual time, unprecedented, when so many things in our lives have been cancelled. I'm sure that forgetfulness has caused many of us, if not all of us, to fill our days with other things, to not prioritise time with God, even though we may have intended to. We're just like the nation of Israel who experienced so much of God's goodness yet forgot how much God had done for them. Like the man who looked in the mirror and then turned around and forgot exactly what he looked like. We too forget how much God has done for us through Christ Jesus. We too forget how this good news should change every aspect of our lives. And we too get caught up in the concerns of this life and lose sight of God's good plan for his people. But this morning, we're being reminded that God is our rock. He is the unmovable foundation that we can depend on. And even though we are not always faithful, God always is faithful to those who trust in him. As we go through Psalm 95, we'll see that the first seven verses, a whole seven verses are devoted to telling us about who God is, reminding us of his faithfulness. And then the last four are a serious warning, a warning for us not to forget who God is, to remember his faithfulness. So with that in mind, let's get into Psalm 95. Uh, Please follow along in your Bibles as we go through. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. As we read these words, you can almost imagine the psalmist sitting there writing these words, and the joy that's in his heart is so great that he cannot help himself but break out into song. Now, it's no secret that some of us aren't singers, but even for those who don't really like singing, This is like the thrill of standing up and cheering for your favourite crowd as the joy that's in your heart is manifesting itself in sound and in action. These praises are aimed at God, the rock of our salvation, the immovable thing in an uncertain and changing world. There's so many things that are going on in our world that give us reason for concern. Even this week, so many changes we have seen in our world that concern us. Many of us in this strange season of social isolation wish that life could just go back to normal. Well, I know others are concerned about what more normal might look like in the future. For those of us who really enjoy singing, that might be something we are not able to do for some time as a congregation together. But in the midst of the uncertainty of this life, God is our rock, our immovable, unshakable foundation. He secures us with the solid joy of the hope of our salvation. He anchors us so that we can weather the storms regardless of the circumstances of our life for the lord is the great god the great king above all gods in his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him the sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry ground i'll forgive you if you have a colin buchanan song running in the back of your mind right now the lord is the great king, the great king above all gods. He is the ruler of everything in this life. It's not as though there are other gods, that he is the greatest God. There are things that God has given us, his blessings in this creation that we turn into gods. God is the king of kings. He is ruler even over the things that we have turned into gods, into idols. Things that we have chosen to worship or prioritise instead of him. He's the king of kings. No ruler, no earthly authority, power or dominion can ever keep him from his promises to his people. No persecution or exclusion of his people could ever stop him from doing what he has promised. And we... Those who trust in him through Christ Jesus are his people. The psalm says, So come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are his people of his pasture, the flock under his care. The psalmist is inviting us to worship the one who has given us everything. In a sense, this is a very natural outworking of what God has already done in our heart as he has brought us to himself. The things that we so often worship are are just unworthy of our time, our effort and the glory that we give them. But the one who has given us everything deserves all our glory, honour and praise. But we, we are like sheep We regularly go astray. Another Colin song that's ringing in the back of our minds. We forget his faithfulness. We lose sight of his good gifts. And we are easily led away by the flock. We easily lose sight of God's good blessings. But he is the great shepherd, the rock of our salvation, the one who provides for all of our needs because of his great faithfulness and not because of anything that we have done. We are the people of his pasture. We have been brought into his tender care because of his great loving kindness to us. The psalmist goes on with a very serious warning. Today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah, as you did that day in Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they will never enter my rest. In these verses, the psalmist is referring to the Lord's judgment on his people in the wilderness, the same generation of Israel that had been brought out of Egypt with his mighty hand, the same generation who had experienced all of the different plagues that God performed on Egypt, the same Generation of Israel who God had allowed to plunder the riches, the wealth of Egypt. And then the same generation who had walked through the Red Sea on dry land. These people had so much experience of God's faithfulness in their lives. Their whole nation's history was providing them with proof of who God is and how much he cared for them. And yet once they were out of Egypt, once they were free, they hardened their hearts and lost sight of God's goodness. They were so forgetful that they actually wanted to return to Egypt. They wanted to go back to slavery. In Exodus 17, we're told that Israel complained against the Lord at Meribah. And questioned whether he wanted what was best for them they lost faith in the lord and lost sight of what the lord had done for them for them so god caused them to wander around in the wilderness until that everyone in that generation passed from the earth a journey that would have only taken them less than a week took them 40 years That's how serious God's judgment was on those who forget his faithfulness. So that no one who had rejected the Lord's provisions for them would enter into the Lord's rest. For the nation of Israel, the Lord's rest was the land, the promised land, promised to their father Abraham. To those in Christ Jesus, the rest is the ultimate rest. Of life eternal with Christ. Now, it might be easy for us; we might feel inclined to point a finger at Israel and say, "Hang on, how could you see so much of God's faithfulness and yet still be blinded to what He has done for you?" But we are just as forgetful, even though God has revealed Himself in the ultimate way through Christ. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 1 reminds us, he says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. In Christ, we are the sheep of the Lord's pasture. We have seen how much God loves us. We have seen that he was willing to give his one and only son to save us, to bring us from darkness and into light. Christ lived the perfectly sinless life that we were designed to live before the fall. Christ paid our debt by willingly going to the cross for us. And God raised him from the dead, giving us the hope of life forever through Christ Jesus in God's perfect rest. Not even death can separate us from God's promises. Not even death can separate us from his faithfulness. And yet, like sheep, we are still prone to wander from our master's care. Like sheep, we don't always know what is best for us. We wander around after shiny things that promise the world but never are able to deliver. They are never able to satisfy us. We make ourselves so busy with the things of this life that the things of God fade into the background. And we often tell us the little lie that we have no choice. We prioritise many things over the king of kings. We make work, possessions, projects and hobbies more important than spending time with God in his presence of stopping and taking time out. And as the shiny things of this life lure us away, and as the tension between this life and the next pulls us in two different directions, We must remind ourselves of the Lord's faithfulness to those who trust in him so that we aren't led astray, so that we don't forget the Lord's faithfulness. It's a sad truth to know that the very first generation that the Lord had brought out of slavery in Egypt was the same generation who complained against their saviour. It's sad to think that because they didn't, Remember the Lord's faithfulness. They actually preferred slavery in Egypt over freedom in the land. They refused to trust in the Lord's faithfulness. And because of that, they wasted their lives. Instead of entering the land and finding rest in the Lord, they complained against God's good gifts and spent the rest of their lives wandering around in the wilderness. This is a picture, isn't it? of those who don't remember God's faithfulness, who spend their lives wandering around in the wilderness. But we, we who have been brought from darkness into light, who have, who were once captive to sin, slaves to sin, who have been freed through Christ, we must remind ourselves of the Lord's faithfulness. Because there are times when even we, attempted to want to return to slavery this morning we are being reminded of what god has done for us we were once slaves we were once unable to free ourselves we were led around by our evil desires and weighed down by the guilt of our sin we were once enemies of god who fought against his will for our lives But God, in his mercy, brought us out of captivity and through Christ freed us from the guilt of our sin. The Lord is the rock of our salvation, the one stable thing in an uncertain world, the one thing that we can count on regardless of what is going on in our lives. No matter whether we are struggling with the uncertainty of all of the different things that are going on, whether we are struggling with grief, pain, or sickness, God will not be shaken. We will, and at times, lose our way. We might be overwhelmed by all of the uncertainty of this life, but if we find our foundation in the rock, in the rock of our salvation, nothing will shake us loose. So let us come before him with thanksgiving. Let us come before him with praise. May we be satisfied and find joy in the knowledge that our Saviour, the creator of the heavens and the earth, cares for us and through Christ, through hope in his perfect life lived and his sacrificial death on the cross, through faith in that and God's faithfulness, we too will one day enter God's rest. Let's give thanks to the Lord now in prayer. Father God, we thank you that in your great mercy. And even while we were still running from you as enemies, as we were seeking the things of this life and not you, you loved us so much that you willingly sent your one and only son. You sacrificed him in our place so that we might have life forever in you. We thank you that even now, even after receiving such incredible mercy and grace, Even now our hearts are prone to wander. We thank you, Lord, that you continue to pursue us, that you continue to bring us back to you. Lord, we pray this morning that you would give us soft hearts, that you would give us hearts that seek you, that you would give us, help us with the discipline of taking time out of our busy schedules to pray to you and to read your word. We pray that you would help us in your great mercy to give you the glory that you deserve because of the love that you have shown to us through your Son.
0: And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.